It's a very biblical concept to lament, to mourn, to remember. Perhaps you caught what our brother Rusty Lay shared just before he led that hymn, that it was his father's favorite hymn. Rusty just lost his father and his mother recently. This morning in the young adult Bible class upstairs, the great, wonderful class, Chad Chauncey shared about his grandfather's last words to him uh, just before he passed away and how that moment continues to impact Chad's life, and he remembers it uh, very, very clearly, even still today. James shared the words of that wonderful song, Precious Memories, how they linger. And all of us have those. All of us have those. And that's actually a great, great blessing because it's an indication that we had something special with someone that really is the greatest thing that this world has to offer. Uh, Our time in heaven is another thing that is far greater, but when you consider the blessings of this life and of this world, there's none better, there's none more valuable, there's none more impacting than to know that you had that depth of a relationship with someone, so much so that you lament and mourn when it is taken away from you by death. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And what a great way to put that. This morning, we've taken some time and will continue to remember those that have lived out that very statement. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. None of us is perfect. None of our leaders is perfect. None of the ones that we have remembered today is perfect, but we do follow their example, and we continue their heritage and legacy of faith as they have followed the example of Jesus Christ and lived out those values and the legacy of those who passed before them, who were people of faith. This morning, I want us, during this time, to consider this to be a day of remembrance and hope. Our shepherd, Galen, uh, mentioned hope earlier during our shepherd's prayer time, and what an appropriate thing to do today. But let's consider, first of all, remembrance. Today is a day of remembrance. It's a day of remembrance. It's a day to celebrate lives well-lived. It's a day to thank the Lord for Christian examples that have gone on before us. And it's a day of remembrance. What do we remember about these loved ones who meant so much to our West Irwin family? As you saw those faces up there and saw those names, out of 26, there were several, I'm sure, that connected with you in a very special way? What do you remember? What was so special about their lives, about the relationship that you shared, about the Christian example that they were for you? 
And in your own life, how are you reflecting that same example to others? What example did they live out before us as we consider them on this day of remembrance? I want to share four things about that. And first of all is devotion. Devotion. This great passage in Acts chapter 2 on the very first day of the church expresses so much the values and the legacy that these held and that they have passed on to us. Devotion. In Acts chapter 2, right after there were 3,000 baptized and were added to the number of those who were meeting together regularly, verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, verse 46, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Devotion. Devotion. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching or doctrine, to the fellowship with one another, to the breaking of bread, the time that we just shared together, and to prayer. Devotion. Those that we saw pictured earlier, this was a part of their lives. It's what we remember about them, and it's why their lives had such a powerful impact on not only those of us individually who knew them, but on West Irwin as a church family, and upon the community and the thousands of people that have been helped through our efforts during their lifetimes. Today is a day of remembrance, and so we remember their devotion, their interaction with the church, their contact with us, and their ministry with us, the opportunity to serve together in doing the things that we just described, devotion to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and to continuing to spread that message and to share that light and that love and that word with others. Little wonder that the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved because this was a whole church filled with that kind of devotion, that kind of commitment, that kind of love. Today, on this day of remembrance, we remember their devotion, those who call us to follow their example as they followed the example of Christ. Secondly, today, we remember their gratitude. We remember their gratitude. In Philippians chapter 4, the apostle, writing from jail, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And then he goes on and he says, Don't, don't let anxiety capture you. Don't be anxious to that level about anything, he says. And then he helps us to understand what the alternative to that would be, what it looks like. And it looks like prayer. 
He says, in everything about you and by everything that you are and have, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your lives in Christ Jesus. But in the midst of all of that, he says, with gratitude. With gratitude in your hearts, offer up these prayers to God. With gratitude in your hearts, rejoice in the Lord always. With gratitude in your hearts, know that intense, deep peace that comes into our lives because of Jesus Christ, no matter what the external circumstances look like. In 1 Thessalonians 5, the apostle writes to a very persecuted church and tells them, rejoice always, pray constantly, pray without ceasing, and in everything give Thanks. It's not a sense of denying the difficulties that you have. The people that we have honored today, even those who were young in that group, experienced great difficulty in life, great challenges in life. And yet they had that sense of gratitude that was willing to count their blessings that was willing to allow themselves to be identified not by the difficulties, but by the joys, by the blessings. I've come to believe more and more that I think that sense of gratitude, when it's there, is what allows us to be able to do all of the other things, to rejoice in all circumstances, to have a sense of peace, to share the light and love and word of Christ with those around us. They stem out and flow out naturally from a heart that's grateful, not a heart that is resentful, not a heart that is envious, not a heart that is discontent, but a heart that is grateful. And even so, when that gratitude is not there in our hearts, it makes it so much more difficult to have those things. And the example that we give to others is not the the example of Jesus Christ that Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 11, but rather is an example of the worldliness that can take over our souls and our hearts and keep us away from that joy and keep us away from that peace and keep us away from that love. Paul reminds us, and Scripture throughout tells us to be grateful for the blessings that we have. And one of the great blessings that we have is the great examples of lives that have gone on before us, lives that are lived out right now in our midst, those who are older, those who are our peers, those who are younger, but are living out the life of Christ faithfully, not perfectly, but faithfully. And are an inspiration to us, much like these have been. Today is a day of remembrance. We remember their devotion. We remember their gratitude. Third, we remember their service. We remember their service. Jesus said in that great passage in Matthew 20 that the greatest among you will be your servant. The ones who are first will be the ones who are last. The last shall be first. And he gives himself as an example. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. 
The greatest are the servants. It's not the way the world looks at it. The world looks at it as the greatest are the ones who have the servants. (laughs) Scripture says, Jesus says, the greatest among us are the ones who are the servants. And those faces that we saw and those lives that we saw lived out in front of us served. They served, and they served with great hope, and they served with great steadfastness. Scripture reminds us that, that our, our service is not in vain because of the resurrection. That however we can, we, we help and we serve wherever, whenever, however. Starting with the family of God, but to everyone. Paul says in Galatians 6. Service is a mark of the Christian life because it was a mark of the life of Christ. To put others before ourselves. To be willing to serve. As we saw this list go by a few minutes ago, we recognized on that, on that PowerPoint that there were former elders, former deacons, former elders and deacons' wives, benevolence ministry workers, worship leaders, youth workers, Bible class teachers. Servants in most all of our various ministries through the years. 26 is a lot of people to lose. And what struck me the first time I saw that list and then saw that PowerPoint that our Sharon Hammond and Eric Mosley so wonderfully put together. I was struck by the fact that these weren't just people. These weren't just lives but that they were important lives. They were active people. They were individuals that had an impact on this whole church in many, many ways, and on churches far beyond our knowledge in lots of different ways. What a blessing. What a great blessing to be able to look back and say, these people impacted our church and impact it still. And so we lament and so we mourn because we have lost so much, because we had so much. And we thank God for their service. We thank God for their devotion. We thank God for their gratitude. But today, on this day of remembrance, we also thank God for their sense of fellowship. As I look at that list and as I see those faces, I see people whose eyes lit up when they got to come to church. This was a group of people that you, you see and you recognize that church was not a burden. Attendance was anything but a burden. In fact, the burden was when they couldn't come. That was the burden. That was what was so hard Because this is where they wanted to be more than anywhere else. They could get one of the kids or grandkids to go by and bring the toilet paper and water when it was in short supply. They could have them come over someone and drop a meal on the the patio or the front porch if that was what was needed. But what they missed with every cell in their body was being here. Being here. 
And they were here, even at great cost, even with great pain. You think it takes you a long time to get ready for church? (laughs) There are some others that that was something that started the night before. And yet they were here. And the reason we remember them the way we do today is because their fellowship was vital. It wasn't just appreciated. It was urgently needed and acted on and experienced. They lived out what the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10 when he says, don't forsake, don't neglect, don't give up meeting together. Some are already in the habit of doing that. Don't let that be you. Why? Because you need to be here. And there are others who need you to be here. And that group that we saw, they got that. They got that. Not just on Sunday, although the Hebrews 10 passage is talking about Sunday worship service. Don't give up meeting together as a church family. In chapter 3, he says, be sure you interact with everybody, with somebody every single day to encourage them, to offer them encouragement in the name of the Lord. This group that we saw, they were wonderful encouragers all. And why is that? Because of their great love for the church. The church that the Bible describes as the church for which Jesus died. It meant that much to him and it meant that much to them. And they were such wonderful encouragers. There were two of those men who were not just elders of the church in general, but elders of this church. So many that were involved in ministry in so very many ways. Again, every aspect of what we do here, I think, was touched by someone on that list and helped by someone on that list. And I think this fellowship was so strong. I remember some of them telling me, coming to me with tears in their eyes saying, when is everybody going to be back? When is everyone going to be back? Because they missed that fellowship so very much. Today is a day of remembrance, remembering their devotion, remembering their gratitude, remembering their service, and remembering their fellowship. But today is also a day of hope. Today is a day of hope. Today is not just a day of looking back, although it's certainly that and rightly so. But it's a day of looking around and looking ahead because today is a day of hope. Because the passing of these is not the event that defines them. And it's not even the event that defines our relationship with them. But what defines that is hope. Hope that even death cannot take from us. These great words in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 13, that Paul wrote to a church that was mourning and lamenting the loss of loved ones, just as we are. And
And he says this in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We still grieve. We still lament. We still mourn. But not like those who have no hope. Because we have it. For we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Far from missing it, which some of the Thessalonian Christians were concerned about, they will experience it first. After that, verse 17, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. And that's what we're doing today. We're encouraging each other with these same words, acknowledging that we mourn and we grieve and we lament, and that is true, but also remembering that we do not do that without hope, but rather in hope and with hope we remember and we mourn, but we also look ahead to that great time of reunion when we are caught up together with them, with the Lord, forever, for eternity, in that heavenly home that we have sung about today. Peter describes it as a living hope and says, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you why you live that way. And so we're called upon to live with hope in the midst of difficult times, especially in difficult times. We live with hope, and others see that hope, and others wonder how and why. (laughs) And when they ask, we tell them, it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. Today is a day of remembrance. Today is a day of hope. And today is a day of celebration. Today is a day of celebration. And that's why this wonderful scripture that you saw at the end of the PowerPoint earlier and is on the screen right now is so important and such a great reminder for us today. Revelation 14, verse 13, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. They will rest from their labors for their deeds will follow them. Today is a day of celebration. As we look at those faces and as we think of the lives that they lived, we realize they lived their lives for that moment when they died, knowing, knowing that this passage would come true for them that day, that they had died in the Lord and so therefore they were blessed and therefore they were finally at rest. But they knew that they wouldn't leave us with nothing because their deeds followed after them. And live on in this great legacy and heritage of faith 
they have left for us. Today is a day of celebration. Three things about that before we close. First of all, it's a day of celebration for their eternal rest. What a blessing it is to know the suffering that many of them endured, to know the lives that they lived, and to know that now they are at peace. Now they are at rest. Today is a celebration for their eternal rest. Secondly, it's a day of celebration for the impact they have had on each of us. And I think that comes in two ways. And I want to challenge you with this today. First of all, who is it that will carry on their work today? Who is taking their spots today? Who is filling their shoes? And who will do that tomorrow? And we think of the impact that they had on our lives and we realize that impact needs to continue. It won't come from them except for the memory of their deeds and their legacy. Who will it come from? It's not that we don't need it anymore. They've passed, they were here, it's done, we're good. We're not good. (laughs) We need each other. And we need those great examples in the faith that we can point to living right in front of us today and say, I can follow their example because they're following Christ. Will that be you? And if it won't be you, who will it be? Today is a celebration for the impact they had on each of us. But as a second part of that, I want you to remember Bill's sermon from the first Sunday in this year. It's only been a month. I can't believe you've already forgotten it. But one of the things I shared was a statement from Stephen Covey. Begin with the end in mind. And we applied that on the first Sunday of the year to begin with the last day of the year in mind and live your life this year accordingly each day. But today I want it to be a little different. I want it to be a different end that we have in mind today. Starting today, begin with the end in mind, the end of your life. What will be said about you Will you be held up as as an example of someone who followed Christ? Someone who was devoted to the church and to the word and to serving others to gratefully, joyfully enjoying that fellowship and sharing that message. Is that how they will describe you at the end of your life? Will there be a church that will honor you Will there be a church that you have been involved in, that you have been connected with? And what are you doing right now to ensure that that will be true? I can tell you, those of us who are in ministry, one of the saddest things that we experience is when we get a call from a family member or sometimes even a funeral home. And they say, this person has passed. Can you do their service? Because... 
they're not connected with anyone. There's no one that they were closely involved with. There's no church that they were serving every day, every week with. We'll tell you everything we know about them, but can you do their service? Don't let that be you. Look at these lives and think of the impact that they have had, not just on you, but on this whole church. And ask yourself, when that time comes for me, will there be someone, will there be a church that will point to me and say, they helped, they were an example, they had an impact on me and on the people of God. Today is a day of celebration for their eternal rest. It's a day of celebration for the impact they have had on each of us. But finally, it's a day of celebration for the promise that we will one day be together with them and with the Lord for eternity. Yes, we mourn, but we do not mourn like those who have no hope. And we talk about that day when Jesus comes again and there will be that great reunion and the ones that came to me with tear-stained eyes and said, when can we all be together again? When will everybody come back? It will be that day. And that day will come no matter what else is true. And we will all be together and our focus will all be the same. It will be the one On the throne, the glorious lamb who looks as if he had been slain. The one who has been with us every moment. The one who died and saved us and was raised from the dead and has given us that hope. Today is a day of celebration for the promise that we will one day be together with them and with all of those who have died in faith and with the Lord for eternity. When peace like a river ascends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. This morning, if we can help that be you, come as we stand, sing our song together.